0: meaty episode here. This is the six things to talk to your partner about before getting married. And before I dive in, I just want to say off the top, as you probably know, if you've listened to any other episodes, I am not a therapist. I'm not an expert. I'm just another person getting married uh, with a loud mouth, has <laughs> some ideas. So definitely, you know, none of this is strict rules that you have to adhere to, you know, your partner, you know, yourself, you know, your relationship, you know, what's best. Um, I do think it's really cool to think about seeing a relationship coach or relationship counselor and just because you go and see a coach you know you go for coaching or you go for counseling or whatever it is it doesn't mean your relationship's in trouble it doesn't mean you're gonna break up Um, a lot of times it's actually just a great way to set yourself up for success there are lots of premarital um coaching counseling you can do that through a religious organization or a um a non-religious organization there are books you can get there are programs you can do online there are people you can see in person or over video to talk all this through so there's lots of options and i really think it's just a great way to set those um building blocks the foundation for your marriage. And, you know, it's much better to have these conversations now up front before you get married or, you know, shortly after you get married rather than five years later when, you know, you're angry and full of resentment and hurt. And now you do have to fix something rather than doing something in advance to avoid the problem in the first place. Okay, that's my spiel. Jumping in. So the first thing you want to talk to your partner about before you get married is expectations. And this is sort of open-ended. I'm going to give you some examples here. Basically, the big question is, what do you expect our marriage to look like? What do you want it to look like? And what do you expect it to look like? Because I think a lot of people go into marriage and parenthood as well um, with these expectations of what they think is going to change about their life and their relationship. And I think if you and your partner aren't on the same page, it can lead to a lot of disappointment and that growing resentment. So for example, (laughs) I'll just pick from my own life here. Um, My partner loves to play video games, which is fine. I'm not against it, Um, but I do have this vision, you know, in the future of our lives when we have children um, one of my fears is that, you know, that's not going to change and that he's still just going to be always on the video games. And then he'll jump up and do like one quick thing that I ask and then right back to the video games versus being, you know, with me and our child and involved in that life and then going to do the video games when he has spare time. So maybe that is, um, you know, whatever the term is picking, maybe you resonate with that as well. <laughs> maybe that's something you see in your partner. Um, But but whatever it is, there's what what changes are you expecting from your partner? And you might be sitting there thinking, Oh, I would never change my partner, they're perfect. But really, really think about it really drill down. Um, Ask yourself, like, what does my ideal marriage look like? Is it you know, breakfast in bed and somebody fluffing your pillows for you and vacuuming the ground before you walk on it? Um, Probably not. Probably not that. But just what are your expectations, right? Um, Another thing under expectations would be intimacy. What are your expectations for intimacy? How often are you having sex? Are you, you know, having uh, make out sessions every day? Do you have to greet each other with a kiss? Are we holding hands when we walk? Things like that. And probably at this point in your relationship, you know, if you are already engaged or you're thinking about getting engaged, you kind of have an idea of where your intimacy levels are at, but making sure that you're a match. And if you're not a match, you're having that communication to figure out how you can both, um, fulfill your needs, get what you want, uh, figuring out where the, um, mismatch is coming from is it an issue you know is somebody tired from working all day so you know do we need to take more vacations do we need to hire someone to come clean the house or is it just you know differing libidos that's fine you know how do we want to sort of make sure everyone's getting what they need and really having that uh, conversation about your expectations there so it doesn't lead to resentment because that's definitely something you know we all hear those horror stories of a couple who hasn't you know had sex for a year and then somebody goes and cheats and all that stuff. We just want to avoid that. So right off the top talking about what your expectations are for intimacy. Another thing under expectations you'd want to talk about is what happens if something awful, you know, falls on our family in the future. So what happens if you lose your job or your partner loses their job? What happens if there is, you know, a a big injury or somebody comes down with a mental health crisis? Um, you have to move your house burns down, whatever it is, sort of doing a little bit of the worst case scenario. And then chatting with your partner, what is our plan? You know, what's the expectation? If, um, you know, if, if I lose my job, what's, what's the expectation? And we'll get into this a little bit more in the next thing, in the, the money section. But you know, how are we planning to stay afloat? Would we move if I get a job somewhere else Um, you know would you be okay if I went and worked at a bar or something like that just having those conversations and lastly under the expectations category is household responsibilities and this is a huge one especially if you haven't moved in together yet because you haven't really had that experience of sharing household responsibilities but how do you split them Um, how do you check in with one another is there an expectation that you know one of you takes care of the kitchen one of you takes care of I don't know the garden Um, it can be as, you know, as minute as, as who does the dishes or, or how comfortable are we with leaving something in the sink? Um, how long is too long to leave a bowl of cereal in the sink? How often do we want to vacuum and clean? What level of cleanliness are we both comfortable with? And, you know, you don't have to work out every little minute detail, especially if you don't live together, it can be kind of hard to think, okay, um, you know, I don't know what your level of dust uh, acceptability is. But just opening that communication up and sort of letting your partner know like, hey, I'm a big fan, you know, in in our house or where I live right now, I vacuum once a week. And, and I really appreciate that. How often do you vacuum? Oh, once a month? Okay, do you think we could, you know, meet in the middle here twice a month or three times a month or something like that? Just having that um, line of communication open and knowing that once you do live together, assuming that, once you get married or, you know, before you get married, you're planning to move in together, that you've already started those conversations and you can finish them. And you can also sort of establish, okay, how do we check in about this? You know, we said vacuuming twice a month, okay it's been a few months and our house is a, is a wreck how do we <laughs> how do we talk about this again and come up with a better schedule how do we how do we bring this up what what do we expect um, the house to look like and and how it runs and then what do we do if if our expectations aren't being met so having all of those conversations I think there are a bunch of other things that can fall under expectations but basically it all comes under the huge question of what do we expect our marriage to look like and I think that's actually a really cool question to sit down with your partner and just ask to talk about. Say, hey, what, what do you expect our marriage to look like when it comes to um, household chores, when it comes to the bedroom, when it comes to uh, future life situations? And just really, you know, diving deep on that, seeing if your partner has any, has any ideas, ask them, you know, you can get silly with it. Close your eyes. What does a day in our marriage look like? And that can really help dive down into some of the big expectations that you both might have. And you might not even realize you have them until you start having this conversation. Alright, the next thing you want to talk to your partner about before you get married is money. This is a huge one and this is something you really want to have a big talk about. You want to talk about this um, often, all the time. I'm a big proponent of a monthly money meeting. That's what my partner and I do and it's something we learned about. I think I just done some research online. Um, So every month at the end of the month we have our money meeting and we go over how much we both made that month. Um, We transfer all the different money we need to, you know, for paying rent and paying utilities and cell phones and student loans and all that fun stuff. Um, It's really clear and transparent. We both have access to the spreadsheet so we can both see all of the numbers uh, paying off credit cards, seeing where we've spent money. We sort of go over what were our big spendings um, for this past year. It's just been takeout really. (laughs) Takeout's been our big spending. And the nice thing about having this monthly money meeting, it's in the calendar. So every month on the 29th, we both get a little ping that says, okay, it's money meeting day. And we figure out, you know, when we're going to have time to sit down together. And the nice thing about that is it's not one partner sort of nagging the other partner. Okay, like, let's talk about money. And that can really lead to um, resentment. I think I'm going to probably say the word resentment like 40 more times on this podcast. Um, but it really can. It can feel like you are nagging your partner if you're the one who has to keep saying like, uh, can we can we talk about money? And it can make money this really like gross taboo uh, topic whereas if you have this monthly meeting it's just in your calendar nobody's at fault nobody is pressuring the other person into the meeting and you can even make it fun you can have um i don't know a color-coded spreadsheet if that does it for you you can have a little thing where you say okay once the money meeting's done we go out and get ice cream or we watch a movie together or we play a board game just to sort of have it have a positive note at the end um, but some things you definitely want to talk about before you get married Is uh, money habits. So, how do you like to save your money? How do you like to spend it? Is there, you know, do you have a percentage that you save every month or that you put away? What accounts do you have? Checking account, savings account, credit cards. Um, a lot of transparency about your debt, about your income, about your investments. I read some study that's like a shocking number of people have no idea how much money their partner makes. And that's kind of wild to me because if you are, you know, you're joining your life with this person, you should know how much money they make. That shouldn't be a secret. Um, You should absolutely know your partner's income. You should know what debt they have. You should know what investments they have. They should know yours. It should be total transparency in those parts of your lives. Um, What are your money goals? Do you have any financial goals you're working towards? Are you saving for, you know, a down payment, for retirement, for a really cool trip, for a, I don't know, a new car, whatever it is. You'll also want to have the conversation, if you haven't yet, about how you plan to handle your finances in terms of joint accounts. Some couples like to join all their money together some couples like to keep all of their money separate and then some couples do a thing where they'll do partially joint so they'll have you know one joint account where they put in money for um things like you know rent and utilities and then they'll use their own prep you know two separate individual accounts for things like buying gifts and coffees and things like that so there really is no right answer it's whatever works best for you and your partner um the amount you contribute to that joint account is also, you know, whatever works best. Some people like to keep it even. We both contribute, you know, 50, 50. Some people like to do it based on income. If you make more, you contribute more, that sort of thing. So really sit down with your partner. Cause a lot of this stuff, it's a little sticky. Um, I remember when my partner and I probably three or so years ago first started talking about um, joining our accounts and things like that. And it was, there was a lot of resistance I felt, um, I was nervous, I didn't really want to join our accounts, but I didn't know why. And I think it was just, you know, in society, money is such a taboo thing. We don't really talk about money and I was just worried and I had never done this before and it really took some time for me to look everything over, to think about our options, to figure out what was gonna work best for us. So definitely start this conversation early, have it often, set up those monthly money meetings and get really uh, clear and transparent and vulnerable with your partner about what your money situation looks like, what their money situation looks like. Because once you jump over that hump of like, oh my gosh, I put all my money cards out on the table. They know that I spent $7,000 at Starbucks last year, whatever it is. Um, Once you have all that out on the table, there's just like this nice like – breath of fresh air that's kind of like, oh, I'm not like hiding, you know, anything from my partner anymore. It's all out there. And then you get to move on to the fun stuff of like having financial goals that you try to meet together, whether that's, you know, for saving for a kid, or maybe it's saving for your wedding or a house or cars or vacation, whatever it is. Um, It's kind of nice to be able to work towards something like that together and to have this like positive money experience rather than just, you know, paying off debt um, and being embarrassed about your income and your spending and stuff like that. So highly encourage. Money meeting, do the money talk. Um, definitely something you want to do before you get married, and should continue doing, you know, once you're married. Okay, the third thing that you want to talk to your partner about before getting married is time. I've I put this category called time, and I've broken it down into four subcategories. So the first one is alone time how do you ask your partner for space? How do you ensure that you are getting the space that you need? How do you preserve that alone time, especially you know in the future when you have other commitments, um, if you have children or in-laws who move in with you, things like that, um, how much alone time do you need? How much alone time does your partner need? That's a really important conversation to have. And I know for my partner and I, we're both very introverted people. Um, we like to spend our time alone. And for us, we kind of established a thing where we can just ask each other, and there's no um, no hurt feelings, no guilt, nothing about it. And you can just sort of say, "Hey, I'm just going to go do my own thing for an hour, or two hours, or three hours. Is that cool? You know, I'll I'll have lunch. We'll have lunch together, or something like that." And I think that's a really important skill to be able to ask your partner, or you know, let your partner know that you do need that alone time and you know it's not because you hate them or anything you just you need that time for yourself to recharge to do your own thing and especially in this year of working from home and lockdowns and all that stuff you've been spending so much time together in the same space I think it's so important to be able to say hey like I just need to go to the bedroom and read or play a video game or watch tv or whatever it is and just you know get I need to get away from you for a little bit without saying it in those words (laughs) the other um Sorry, the next uh, subcategory here under time is couple time. So your time together, date nights, um, you know, meals together, making breakfast together, going grocery shopping together, whatever it is, how do you preserve that time? So maybe you want to establish like, okay, every Thursday, we're going to have a date night. Um, And especially, you know, as things change in your life, if your career becomes more demanding, if you have children or whatever it is, how do you ensure that you're still Making that time for the two of you? How do you want to spend that time? Is there, you know, maybe you want to join a rock climbing gym or whatever it is? Um, How do you both like prioritize spending time together? The third category here is time with friends. So that's seeing your own friends, you know, how. Often do you want to, and this is probably in a post COVID world, how often do you want to go out and see your friends? Um, You know, is it, are you seeing them once a week, twice a week, every weekend, uh, once a month, whatever it is, how often are you inviting them over? Is it cool if you have um, your friends from work come over, you know, every Friday or is that, is that too often? What's, what's the established um, time with friends that you're both comfortable with and acknowledging that of course you want to, you know, not, lose all your friendships when you get married, Um, you want to still have those friendships. So how much time are you both comfortable with investing in those? The last category here under time is time with family. So this can be this can be a big one. So you definitely want to make sure you're having this conversation before you get married, maybe even before you get engaged. But how do you both feel about how often you see your family? Are you having dinner with your parents once a week, once a month, once a year? (laughs) What sort of family traditions are you upholding? Um, When it comes to the holidays, how do you decide whose family you spend time with? Um, Is it okay for your mother-in-law to just drop by whenever she wants? Does she need to call first? (laughs) How often is she calling? Is it too much? Probably yes. Um, But just really talking through the time that you spend with your family, with your partner's family, what you want that to look like and, you know, how you want to overcome any obstacles you might run into if uh, you're receiving pushback from any family members. Family is really, big one I probably could have made family a category all on its own Um, but I think it kind of fits into all of these different categories and especially on time so definitely spend some time thinking about uh, the time you want to spend with family. Okay, so the next thing that you definitely want to talk to your partner about before getting married is kids. So this is the really obvious one. I think if uh, if you had to guess what was going to be on this list, kids probably would have been your first guest. And it's super important. Um, I think we've all seen rom-coms where a couple, you know, gets married, and then decides to start talking about kids, and they're on completely different pages. One of them wants, you know, a huge brood of kids, the other one never wants to have kids. And it's like, how did you not have this conversation before you got married? This is ridiculous. Honestly, I think at this point, it's one of those conversations you need to be having kind of within your first few months of dating. Um, Certainly before you get or well, hopefully before you get engaged, and certainly before you get married, you really need to be on the same page here. And I don't mean that you need to have like your nursery colors picked out, and your kids library established and decide exactly what you want to name them and go get their Instagram account for them. But you need to be on the same page generally speaking about um, whether or not you want kids, probably a pretty similar number of kids, you know, maybe one of you wants two, one of you wants three, okay, that's fine. I'm sure you'll figure things out. But if one of you definitely does not want kids, absolutely not. And the other one 100% yes wants kids. That's a pretty huge obstacle. Um, and you're really gonna have to have some some conversations about that. And, and be comfortable going into marriage Knowing that you're on different sides here, and that one of you is going to need to give in, um, and not going into it thinking, okay, like I, I'm going to get them to change their mind, it's going to be fine. You need to be comfortable saying, okay, if my partner never changes their mind, am I happy, you know, having a kid if I don't want one, or not having a kid if I really want one, and um, just accepting, either, you know, what's more important at this point? Is it more important to to get married, to be with your partner, and maybe have to have this huge life altering thing happen? Or are you, you know, more heart set on either not having kids or having kids? And then unfortunately, you're not with the the right partner who can give that to you, which is heartbreaking and awful. But this is why this is why we have these conversations early in the relationships, so we don't get invested, we don't fall in love, we don't plan a life together only to find out that, um, you know, we're totally on different pages with the kids. Cause the last thing you want to do is, you know, enter into this marriage and then spend the first few years of it fighting with each other, trying to get each other to come around to the other one's side. And then let's say you finally do convince your partner and then you live the rest of your life, just totally resenting them because they either forced you to have kids or stopped you from having kids. Oh, it's just ugly. It's just messy. So if this is not something you've talked to your partner about, um, like, turn off the podcast and call your partner, have this conversation, have it now, come back, come back to the podcast, but then, uh, you know, definitely have that conversation. So hopefully you and your partner are on the same page, you know, you at least have decided that yes, we do want kids or no, we don't. Um, and if you decide you do want kids, I think you can get a little bit more minute and you can figure out um, some more aspects of that, of raising them. So the first thing to talk about obviously would be the timeline. That's a huge one. You know, one of you might be saying, okay, you know, as soon as we say I do, uh, we're off and we're going to start trying to make a baby. And the other person might be thinking, oh yeah, you know, five years from now, we'll, we'll get started. I want to finish up this thing with my job. I want to go on these vacations. I want to move cities, whatever it is. So have that conversation timeline, super important. Have the conversation about how many, again, if it's something, you know, two or three, that's probably not a huge deal. But but one or two might be a big deal, zero to one, obviously a huge deal. And that also affects your timeline. If you're planning to have four kids, you probably need to get started a bit sooner than if you're only wanting to have one. Another big thing to talk through would be infertility options. Um, you know, I think they say the average couple, it takes them a year to conceive. Um, but if you do have any infertility issues, it could take you a lot longer or you might not be able to conceive at all. So what what are you both comfortable with? Would you want to try different medical procedures? Would you be open to adoption to you know, egg donors, sperm donors, whatever it is? Have that conversation. And then you can also talk sort of, you know, big picture stuff about raising your kids. So would you want to raise them with um, with a religion? What are your opinions on childcare? Do you feel like one of you should stay home? Would you be comfortable sending your child to a daycare? Do you have a nice grandparent around who wants to take care of your kids? Anything sort of big picture. Again, you don't need to get into the little, um, you know, details of oh, I want to make sure that there is a rainbow painted in the northwest corner of the nursery, and we will only sing these three approved lullabies. Nothing like that, but just the big stuff, like you know, religion, childcare. Uh, schooling, maybe if you're super super passionate about homeschooling, that's probably something you want to bring up now. Have these conversations, and you know what? If you're on the same page as your partner, it can actually really fun to have these conversations. And my partner and I have started having them. You know, we've sort of talked through the big things, timeline, how many infertility, deciding, you know no religion, no homeschool, (laughs) Uh, the cheapest childcare we can find, but it's kind of fun to to be having these conversations and to have kids as sort of one of the things you can bring up because, you know, you'll see, you'll see a cute baby down the street, like, oh, that's so cute. Like, can't wait to see what our kid looks like in a Halloween costume or, you know, funny things like that. Um, It's kind of fun to break the ice on the kids. Conversation and then be able to sort of just pepper it into the rest of your life without getting, you know, too overwhelming and feeling like you're always talking about these kids you don't even have yet. But just little fun anecdotes, um, cute little things you'll notice your partner being a really good parent, uh, you know, when they walk the dog or something like that. It's fun. It's nice. All right. Let's move on to the next uh, big thing that you should definitely talk to your partner about before you get married. And this one is communication. So, You're doing it right now. (laughs) Just by virtue of having these conversations with your partner, you are communicating. And I think it's, um, it's a little meta, but I think you should probably drill down a little bit more on this communication thing. So how do you like to communicate? Um, Do you like to you know, right in the moment? Do you like to sit there and discuss everything? Do you need a, you know, a minute or a day to sort of cool off, gather your thoughts, process, and then come back? Do you like to have heart-to-hearts on the couch with a cup of tea? Do you prefer to do it on a dog walk? Do you prefer to do it, you know, in bed before you go to sleep with the the darkness? Do you prefer to do it in the car? Um, and how does that change? You know, if you're mad, what does your communication style look like? If you're upset and you're sad and you're crying, what does your communication style look like? What about if you're stressed? If something's happening at work, how does that bleed into your communication with your partner? What if you're really excited? If something big and happy is happening, how do you communicate? What does that look like? Um, hopefully, as I'm saying these things, you're sort of picturing yourself in these different situations. I know I am. I know sometimes when I get stressed or mad, I just totally turn off I, I can't communicate at all and my partner really has to sort of pull it out of me and that's something that you know I'm trying to work on and then when I get excited you know I'm a million miles a minute just throwing all this information at him and he can get really overwhelmed so again something I need to work on but talking through that and sort of identifying not only for your partner but for yourself what those communication style look those communication styles look like and how you want to communicate, how you guys can communicate, sorry, how you too can communicate better in the future and how you sort of can respect each other's communication challenges and boundaries and, and work to better them. You also want to talk about your fighting. So uh, probably at this point in your relationship, you've had some fights or some arguments, and you want to ask yourselves, you know, do we fight fair? Do we keep things clean, you know, not going below the belt with any insults or anything we can't take back? Um, and if you don't appreciate, you know, your fighting style, how can you change it? What, what sort of changes do you need to make to ensure that you are having these arguments or disagreements or whatever in a fair way that's, that's not hurtful, that's not, you know, lasting damage? And then lastly, you want to ask yourself, um, when it comes to communication, you know, you've had all these great chats about how you want to communicate and how you're going to fix things and be better, but how do you keep that up when things get busy, when you get stressed, when there are children in the picture or other family members or work deadlines, how do you ensure that those lines of communication stay open? So one thing my partner and I do just is a little aside here is every night we have a check-in and we talk about the best part of our day, the worst part of our day and the part we're most grateful for. And it's a really nice way to sort of just connect with each other, especially if we have both had busy days, you know, we've been away at work or something like that. It's a really nice way to just share a bit more about your day. It's also a nice way to put that positive spin on the day by ending with that piece, you know, what are you most grateful for? Um, and it's a good way for us to connect and sort of bring anything up. If there is anything that day that happened, Um, that we weren't totally thrilled with you know often if we had a bit of a disagreement a bit of a spat that day that'll be our worst part of the day and it's kind of nice to be able to bring that back up and be like oh you know what like looking back yeah that was that was a pretty shitty time today I'm sorry I said it like this I was feeling this way and you know just having that closure is really very nice. Okay, so the last category I've got of things that you want to talk to your partner about before you get married. I'm calling this category life goals. And I think this is it's a bit of a catch all category. I'm going to include a few different examples here. But I also think this could be a really fun one. Um, I think a lot of the if you know if you google what should I talk to my fiance about before we get married or like you know what questions should we ask before we get married a lot of them are really negative it's like oh like how do you feel about infidelity or things like that I think it's kind of nice to end on a positive because you know the whole point of getting married of having your wedding is to join your lives together and to have this big beautiful adventurous life together so what do you what do you want that to look like what are your goals for your life I think that's really fun to sit down and discuss those things together. Um, And and to do that before you get married, just to ensure you're both on the same page. So um, here are some things you might want to consider under that life goals category. So careers, uh, what are your career goals? This could be a fun way just to share more with your partner, you know, about about your career, about what you do, about what you're hoping to do in the future. Um, And it might also reveal some pretty big things. Maybe your huge goal is to move to New York City and be in a Broadway show. And right now you're living in a small town in New Mexico. So (laughs) that's a pretty big one. You probably want to share that with your partner, make sure they're on board. Um, Another one is travel. What's your, um, what are your goals around travel? Are you the person who wants to go to an all-inclusive resort once a year? Or do you want to take off, you know, three months every year or two years and do big, huge trips around the world? Having those conversations with your partner is super important. What about your hobbies? Um, Do you have any goals with your hobbies? Maybe you want to open up your own Etsy store and sell your crocheted blankets, I don't know, um, baking, reading, whatever it is. Uh, Just sharing that with your partner and knowing, hey, these are the hobbies that are really important to me, or here's my goals for these hobbies, here's what I'd love to do with them. What about school? Do you want to go back to school or there's, you know, degrees or certificates or anything that you want to do? Um, what's your goal with those and then making a plan for okay when do you want to go back to school how are we gonna pay for it how are we gonna afford our life if you're not working retirement probably you and your partner are planning to retire at some point Uh, what does retirement look like to you is it uh, moving into a retirement home in your city is it moving down to Florida or Mexico or Thailand and living on the beach Uh, Do you want to be, you know, traveling all the time? Do you want to be on a cruise ship? Do you want to be at home? What's your plans? Uh, Moving? Do you have any life goals to live in a different city? That's, you know, pretty huge. You definitely want to chat that over with your partner. What about religion? Do you have, you know, probably at this point in your relationship, you know, uh, if your partner is religious, or if they're practicing religion. Um, But if not, that's definitely something you want to disclose. And then any other sort of big, life goals, uh, things that would really alter where you're at right now, any other deal breakers maybe that you haven't discussed yet, I think could kind of fit into this category. So those are the six things that I think you should talk to your partner about before getting married. And again, those are expectations, just, you know, big blanket question, what do we expect from a marriage, looking at things like intimacy, how you want your partner to change, household responsibilities, money, Uh, Getting super vulnerable and transparent about your money, having a monthly money meeting that you put into place, time, how you spend time alone as a couple with your friends and with your family, kids, obviously getting on the same page about whether or not you want kids and then talking about things like the timeline and how many, communication, how do you like to communicate, how do you fight, how are you going to keep up your communication when you get busy, and then life goals and other deal breakers. So the bottom line on all of this is it's okay if you and your partner are not 100% on the same page. This is not the newlywed game. You don't have to both say, okay, where do we want to retire? And, you know, write down your answers and then turn the boards over. And, oh, my gosh, if he wrote down Florida and I wrote down England, uh, we have to break up right now. That's not it at all. You don't need to be 100 percent on the same page for everything, but you do need to make sure that anything that's, you know, a deal breaker for you is not being um, crossed or broken. (laughs) Um, So, you know, for example, kids, right? That's something pretty huge. There's not really a way to compromise and have half a kid. you're either in or you're out. So making sure that, you know, those deal breakers are not being broken, but then just, you know, opening up communication. That's really the whole point of all of this is to open up communication and open yourself up to compromise, um, for, for things that are not deal breakers for either of you. So things like, um, I don't know if your partner wants to go back to school. And and that's something you've never really thought about before. Okay, how do we make that work? How do we save up enough money? Maybe it's waiting a few more years so you can save up, maybe it's going to a more affordable school. Uh, Maybe it's doing school part time or night classes, you know, things like that. So the idea here is that you have these conversations and it's not like, okay, we did it. We had the conversation. Now we can get married. It's okay. We've started this conversation and now we can keep having it. We can keep talking about these issues and, um, you know, goals and obstacles, whatever it is. And that just, you know, all those lines of communication are open. And now it's not this like scary thing to bring up retirement when we're like 50 and like, oh yeah, retirement, that's, that's happening soon. What do we want that to look like? But it's a conversation you had at, you know, 25 or 30 or 35 and you are you know, comfortable talking about it again because you've already started that conversation. I also want to say it is totally fine if you change your mind you know if you're having a conversation about retirement at 22 odds are things are gonna change in your life and you might change your mind before you hit 65 Um, and that's fine because again the whole point of all of this is just to stay in communication and keep talking to your partner and letting them know so it's not that thing where you wake up one day and you're you know with somebody you don't even recognize anymore because you have talked through all of these changes and you've talked about the important things and you're feeling excited about your marriage and all of the big, wonderful things to come. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Unconventional Wedding Planning Podcast. I really appreciate it and I hope you found the episode helpful. If you really want to make my day, you can leave me a rating and review. Subscribe so you don't miss the next episode and tell a friend about the podcast. And remember, you can have a great meal without a centerpiece on the table.